0: Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angkstead, Media Member at MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer of mavs.com. After a big win. How are you feeling, Isaac Harris? Well, I'm pissed off currently. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to ask me how, how I'm feeling right now,
1: don't you? That, that, that was a mean comment, Nick. Nick asked me literally, I just went through this whole story. With Nick, uh, in which there was a scenario that uh, my new AirPods that my wife graciously uh, saved up money for and bought me for my birthday a few weeks ago, uh, my dog decided to take a chomp out of one of my AirPods. (laughs) So now I'm stuck in this predicament. I don't know what to do because I really don't have money to go spend and buy new AirPods, but yet it was a gift and I really love my AirPods and I don't know what to do right now. So...
0: Isaac's only here in one half of a podcast now, I guess.
1: It literally happened. Like, I was hyped for this game. I had a great day with church stuff, and uh, this literally happened like 30 minutes ago uh, heading into this pod, and
0: now I'm kind of frustrated. not going to lie. So we're getting fiery <laughs> Isaac, but about his AirPods instead of the Mavericks this time. If, if, if there's a listener out there that works
1: for Apple, Ooh. and you want to, and you want to uh, just bless me, with this whole like, hey, how how we can? Uh... Which
0: which one do you need? The left or the right?
1: The left. He I needs need a
0: left pod.
1: I need a left AirPod so bad. Pods I don't know.
0: for pods. How about that? <laughs> pod.
1: <laughs> pods. If, for if there's pods. a
0: listener out there that will that will get I, is Isaac. Okay, let's do this. If there's a listener out there that will get Isaac a left AirPod, we will do a podcast just for you and send it. Just we'll email it just to you.
1: I think I would cry. Pods, I think I would shed a tear, tear if, if I got a left air, <laughs> air pod from somebody.
0: <laughs> DM him. Tweet him or DM him, and uh, and we will send you a podcast just for you. We'll do a whole 30-minute pod just for you.
1: Gosh, I don't know what I would do for you, bro, if something if something happened.
0: <laughs> so, uh, all right, all let's right. talk
1: about this Warriors game.
0: Today, what we're going to talk about is uh, we'll break down the Dallas versus Warriors game. I have a... Um, video breakdown of the fourth quarter that should go up by the time that you're listening to this it should be up so you can check my youtube channel for that where i break down with all the video and everything there's some good stuff but let's go ahead and talk about what happened in you know the first half and then you know go all through the game things that we things that we noticed and then also um just overall trends throughout this this four game win streak too because i think there's a few things that we can pull out of this that are going to be you know important so the first thing I want to note to note, and we talked about this a little bit, but I actually got to go back and watch the first half this time. Dennis played some great defense the first half. I was surprised that just how active he's being, and I honestly think that the lowering his minutes, and I know they're not too low, like overall for the season, but like lowering his minutes, I think allows him to be more active on defense. He's you know has his pass, has his hands out in the first half in the first quarter. I think he had two steals. Uh, one of them was he had that nasty layup against Iguodala and then uh another one was that uh that missed dunk oh my gosh would that would that dunk have just torn the like, the roof off that place I
1: kind of felt bad for him after that missed dunk because we've been saying uh that he needs he needs a monster dunk like, yeah just, I feel like he just needs it for confidence
0: stuff and
1: that would have for- changed the
0: game I think I think that would have changed the game for him because he had a really good game but I think he would have gone off like if that go- went down. Isn't that weird to think that like psychologically that could change it that that much?
1: Yeah, and people who uh, that think that he is uh, just not there where he wants to be mentally right now as a player, you know, that just gave him fuel to the fire. Uh, that you know when you have a big missed dunk like that, that it might be just in his head and all that. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, yeah, that would have brought the house down. It sucks that he missed it. My whole thing is, if you're gonna miss a dunk, I wish it would have been something just insane, uh, and not just a two handed, uh, you know, two handed attempt. I mean, he, he like, threw
0: that all the way back behind his head.
1: It was nasty. I mean, if it was like 360 between the legs or something, and he missed it, I'd be like, oh, shouts to you, bro, for trying.
0: Like that's no. Sweet. I see. I would have. I would have killed him for that. It's Not in this Warriors game. You don't give up easy points if you're gonna do something like that.
1: I don't know. I would you you're okay with him missing an easy dunk before that
0: no of course I mean of course not but if he's if he missed it and did something crazy I'd be like what the heck he could have just gone up and I would have rather him laid the ball up and got the easy points than gone for something crazy like that and missed that's true, and
1: we would have bashed him
0: anyway if he just did a layup and just, it was something really boring when oh, he yeah. like, yeah, jumped yeah. out of the that's, Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what makes fans fans, and that's what makes us just people on a podcast. When you, when you
1: are one of the best dunkers in the league, we expect greatness out of your dunks. And nothing uh,
0: less. Unless you're DJ Khaled. But <laughs> well, the... He doesn't dunk. There's no way he dunks. He Do dunks we think so DJ Khaled, know. has DJ Khaled ever dunked in his life? I don't know. There's probably a little tight skull. <laughs> that does not count we know that does not count. I also thought that you know Dennis just played his game that first half being active on defense the drive and kick game I mean he was he was doing it really well he had a good two-man game going with, with DeAndre Jordan um, and then in the fourth quarter he had some big plays too he had that rebounded traffic that you know we, I don't think we mentioned on the podcast yesterday but he had that rebound in traffic that Kevin Durant totally could have got, but Dennis is able to like contort his body and grab it out of the air, and uh, and then he pushed it in transition and threw that bounce pass to Dorian Finney-Smith um, that helped give the, the Mavs their first lead in like almost ten minutes. Uh, that was a, a really huge, massive play. And then I I just tweeted out, um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Van Exit. You can also follow Isaac at Isaac L Harris. I just tweeted out this video of uh, of Dennis Smith Jr. boxing out uh kevon Looney in uh when when Durant drives and he has like this um this like floater in the lane or whatever and uh and Dennis just completely pushes Kevon kevon Looney out of the play like completely and uh and that's how DeAndre Jordan was able to get that rebound so easily. And uh and that kind of helped I, him win the game.
1: DeAndre's gonna get a rebound when he wants to get a rebound.
0: I know but there's been a couple times when like another like another player gets a rebound you know, over him and Dennis. At least Dennis made Dennis made sure. Let's put let's put it that way. It probably would have happened if Dennis hadn't done that, but Dennis made sure. You know. No. Yeah, I think
1: uh, I think Dennis played a, a very well game, and uh, he he had six assists, and he I thought he was a really good playmaker in the in the Warriors game. I thought he pushed and you know, pushed the pace a lot. He was aggressive in transition. You mentioned that Igodala play. Uh, in which he, you know, he just took that, uh, Iguodala just couldn't get turned around. And he kind of, Dennis has that, he's really been using it for two years now. When he gets in transition, he sticks that left arm out there and kind of gives that defender a little nudge to get underneath the basket. And he kind of pulls up at the last moment and and he does an up and under or layup. And But no, I I thought Dennis played, uh, yeah, I thought Dennis played a a pretty good game. And, And you can make an argument that that, First possession, when he pulled down that massive rebound and pushed it, and then hit Finney Smith for that that layup that that could have been a play of the game. And
0: yeah, because it gave him the lead. I mean, maybe they never take the lead if that doesn't happen. Because yeah, they, they weren't getting a lot of stuff done in the half court in that fourth quarter with that that uh, that starters lineup. And, uh, and that
1: was one of the first plays in which they just put him back in for JJ. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it was just three or four minutes before that. He brought the starters in, left JJ in there, left Dennis on the bench. And, you know, some players would just be sulking. Some players would be upset. But he puts Dennis back in there with like three minutes to go whatever however much time was left. And one of the first plays was Dennis getting in there, getting down with the big guys, <laughs> grabbing that board, and hitting uh, Finney Smith. And, yeah i was super impressed uh really the whole game with dennis and then especially uh those last few plays in the fourth yeah dennis- except his free throws except his free throws but that was Oof. a team issue uh i don't want to single him out specifically
0: during uh i think during this stretch i think during this four game winning streak i think dennis is shooting less than like 30 from from free throws yikes i think that's true for the season, he's shooting sixty three point four percent from from free throw line. Um, man, that's just <laughs> that's brutal. And then, oh, yeah, he's hitting twenty eight point six percent from the free throw line during this four game win streak. And he's only playing twenty five minutes. Huh. I think the limited minutes. I think the limited minutes helps him.
1: It helps him, but is that, that what you that, want? That's almost though. ten
0: minutes less than Luca. That's a is lot that,
1: it, but yeah and is that what you want moving forward so when I was on that radio station I mentioned this uh, yesterday when I was on a radio station before the game in San Francisco they asked me and it, it was it was a loaded question but like we've kind of we talked about this before the season started but they they asked me they said hey a um, couple questions about Luca but one of the last questions about Luca is okay if Luca is this next superstar in the league and he is the next person for the Mavericks, Who is his running mates? Every star needs a running mate to run alongside of him. Fellow All-Stars, fellow stars, you know, everybody has their big two or three on their teams, basically. They said, who is that guy for Luka, and is he on the roster?
0: Mm.
1: And I was like, that's such a good question. And my my immediate reaction to that is, I was like, well, the Mavericks hope it's Dennis Smith Jr. And that is kind of what this season is. We talked about it before the season started is Luka is – the alpha, the Batman, however you want to say it, and this season is really: can they work together? Can Dennis be that counterpart to Luca, and they play at this high level and grow together as this dynamic duo in Dallas? And yeah, that's the that's the thing, and, and you know, if that's the case, can Dennis be in that role in in a twenty-five minutes per game basis? You know, you want. Is that just how it is now? And in the future they hope to bump it up. Um, I don't know what that looks like. They still on offense, it still looks like it's like give and take. It still looks like it's your yeah. turn, my turn, and Lucas turn. Now it's Dennis's turn and put one of them in the corner and let the other one do a pick like that part's
0: a little weird, but Yeah, they, they did have one good play. Um let me see if I can try to find it. Oh yeah, yeah. It was in the first quarter. There's it was with four minutes and ten seconds left in the first quarter. Uh, Luka grabbed a rebound. He started a fast break, and then he did a cross court pass to, to Dennis Smith Jr. And then Dennis touch pass, like kind of tapped the ball, like volleyball tapped it to DeAndre in the paint, and then DeAndre ended up missing a layup. But I thought that was like that was one play that I noticed that they both were in it, <laughs> like at least that they were both acting and playing the ball to like like, uh, touching the ball in the same play. And I think those kind of plays are what we should look forward more or look for more as they grow together, as they learn how to play more together. You have two guys that's the whole idea of having multiple ball handlers, multiple playmakers in one in one, you know, unit, right. Is that you have one guy that can, you know, throw a pass that's, that's, you know, cross court pass. It's an awesome pass. And another guy that can like finish it, you know, the, the whole idea of hockey assists or potential assists. And I think Dennis and Luca, they almost have to like read what the other person is reading, and to get that close, like what like what Devin and JJ do. You know, they just played so yeah. much together; they know what the other person is reading or seeing. And so, let's say, like, I don't think Luca could have made that pass to to DeAndre because of where the defense was. And so, Luca, th- you know, throws that cross court pass to to Dennis, and Dennis taps it to DeAndre because he could get it because you know that moved the entire defense because of Lucas' pass. And so, it's like plays like that; those are like those high level type plays that we want Luca and Dennis to start doing, but they're just not there because they haven't played together yet. Uh, it's just going to be harder, you know, for them to to get to that point. And we're not going to see, like, we can't see anything simple from them as far as, like, a two-man game. Like, we're not going to see Luca pick and pop for, for Dennis, right? Like, maybe. I'd try it. I mean, uh, you could try it, but I've been saying they should do that with, with Harrison Barnes, and it's just not happening, so.
1: They're kind of like, Luca and Dennis is kind of like the... Um, you know how, like, Mario, um, Mario, like, w- when he eats a, what is it, a mushroom or something and he, he yeah. gets bigger, like Mario and Luigi? Yeah, the green mushroom. Or
0: the, uh, yeah, the red mushroom would a bigger, the green mushroom for uh, life. Yeah, so, like, it,
1: you'd hope that, like, JJ and Devin uh, would eat that mushroom and it would be DeLuca and <laughs> and Dennis that, <laughs> they they could so- ha- <laughs> <laughs> that they could have this, like, type, that type of chemistry and be able to play off each other and... Like, can you imagine Luca hitting Dennis for a backdoor cut and then him going up and just yamming it? Like, on that type of play, like, just their ability and their chemistry to play off of each other. That's what you, you hope that Luca and Dennis can grow over time and get.
0: Yeah, we want stuff like that.
1: And it's not just this, hey, throw the ball to Luca, put Dennis in the corner, and let them run an ISO pick and roll. Like, let them, you know, run together.
0: Don't throw either of the babies in the corner. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, um, let's talk about let's talk about the Warriors a little bit because they're uh, they're struggling right now. So the Warriors they lose this game, and they also lost <laughs> they lost to the uh, the Rockets before this game, obviously, and then on Sunday night they lost to the Spurs. So they lost their entire Texas Triangle. They're one of the you know teams that still does that. Man, the the Warriors without without Steph or Draymond and without Boogie, which we still haven't seen, they have no personality. Like were you like was that team even fun to watch last night? It doesn't even. I mean, we were we loved watching the Maverick side of it, but when the Warriors were on the ball, like when they had when they had the ball, it just wasn't fun. They were just isoing Durant. They're doing some. You know, Clay was just running around some screens. It just wasn't. There wasn't any like personality. There's no personality to that team without. Steph and Draymond yeah well I mean they it's like
1: their depth uh you know their depth took a big hit whenever you're starting uh somebody like Jarebko <laughs> you know and Kevon Looney and even bringing Igudala off the bench like I was actually kind of surprised they didn't start Damian Jones against DeAndre I like, was surprised about that too yeah I thought that he would just be a natural uh, fit with that but I actually like Damian Jones I, I think I like him better than Looney actually but uh but no, like, yeah, their depth took a hit, and so like they're they're having to push people up into lineups and and all that. Like, I still enjoy watching them play because Durant's a top twenty player of all time, probably. And yeah. you know, it, just watching Clay shoot the basketball is just <laughs> just fun to do. And he always torches the Mavs, and he started off like three for three and running Dorian <laughs> Dorian off these screens. That you're just like, oh man, like it's not even Dorian's fault. He's just trying to get <laughs> around these screens, and Clay just uh, lights out on that stuff. But yeah. I a couple. Of, Kevin Durant said something about Luca after the game, and I, I thought oh, it was. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was it was cool. If we're talking about the Warriors right now, Dwayne uh, Dwayne Price uh, tweeted out, and this is Durant on Luca. He said, "I like him a lot. He's polished. He is skilled, and you can tell he played professional basketball already. They got a great guy in him to lead this franchise in the future. Him and Dennis Smith Jr. play well together."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought that was interesting too I wonder like, how much has he actually watched the Mavs this season uh, he probably started about a
1: game or two before they played the Mavs <laughs> Like I mean, a day or two before they play the maps when they're uh, cramming in tape and all that stuff. I mean, like literally, there's there's hardly every time, there's hardly ever a time. I mean, obviously we talk, we do a daily podcast on the NBA and we <laughs> cover the team and all this stuff. That there's a that there's a player that gets on the court that I have no clue who they are. It very very rarely happens. I had no clue who Derrickson was. Yeah, Derrickson. What about Damian Lee? Okay, well I know Damian Lee because Damian Lee went to Louisville. Uh Louisville guy, then he married Sidale Curry, which is Steph and Seth's little sister. Who played... Oh, is that true?
0: I didn't even I didn't even know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so like she played volleyball at Elon. Uh I don't know how really they met and stuff, but like, yeah, Damian Lee. So it's super weird. He's on this two way contract with the Warriors. Do you ask yourself and say, Hey, is the only reason you're on a two way is because Steph is like the Warriors Your main guy. <laughs> did he make that call in and and said, Hey, you know, whatever, can we get this guy as a two way? <laughs> whatever. And bro, him and Quinn Cook, when did they become Steph and Clay off the bench?
0: I'm like, <laughs> well, Quinn Cook's been doing it for a while.
1: Yeah, but I mean they were just lighting it since, up. There was since a-
0: Quinn Cook left the Mavericks, former Mavs great Quinn Cook. He uh he went to the Warriors and he's been playing pretty well. But yeah, Damian Lee, I had not even what he's played in six games this year, 61 minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, they at one point <laughs> they had uh they the Warriors were up by 4 Clay and and KD had combined for twenty two points, and Damian Lee and Quinn Cook had combined for eighteen points. <laughs> like, they came out and they were just lighting it up. That's and you are like, seriously, is this going to be like the no name player or the bench? Is this going to be our Alec Peters that beats us? Like, do not,
0: uh, do not just throw the name Alec Peters around lightly. <laughs> That is a legend, and you will res- put some respect on that name. Put, res- put some respect on the that Mavericks name. Mavericks don't have Luka Doncic without Alec Peters existing. Without Alec Peters. Uh, true. So,
1: so, question, you might have seen that this stat. Uh, this is per Maz PR. Who was the last teenager? <laughs>
0: I thought you were going to say the sellout streak again.
1: <laughs> I can read that off to you at the very end.
0: 686, like. baby, going strong.
1: <laughs> Longest NBA sellout streak in the league. Started in 2001. It started in two thousand one. I have it right here. Yes, December. The streak began on. Okay, I'm just gonna read this off because this is just gold.
0: Okay, so every every, after every single game, Mavs PR sends like a whole bunch of stats in a uh, just in a document. And like, you know, this is the most threes this player has done since blah, 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 or whatever. Pretty so- much when
1: you see a, a really in-depth stat from somebody
0: on Twitter, they got it from these notes. No, it's not true. I get I get my own stats. Wow, <laughs> shots fired at me. Right? No, I'm saying right after the game. Oh, like right, right um, after. But anyway, they always throw this sellout streak where, you know, sellout is like, you know, I think the capacity is 20,000 or something like that, 19,000, and if they get, if they you know, the attendance is more than or they sell more tickets than that then it counts as a sellout
1: so this is word for word from mass pr <laughs> the attendance for today's game was twenty thousand two hundred and sixty. the mavericks have now sold out 686 consecutive regular season home games <laughs> which is an nba best sellout streak the streak began on december 15 2001 and dallas has sold out an additional 67 playoff games during that same stretch
0: my question is what what was dallas doing before december 15 2001 like that whole beginning of the season from like end of october till december so like all of november and half in december what what were you guys doing what was dallas doing at that point because i was in third grade at that point (laughs) i think third grade or fourth grade
1: Uh, man, that's a good question. (laughs) What did they, uh, they just started off or they just figured out that, hey, uh, we got this, we got this German guy. So pretty much for Dirk's entire career, barring two years, uh, they have had a a sold out arena every single game. Yeah. It
0: took them that long to figure out Dirk was going to be good. Come on, Dallas. (laughs)
1: Come on. So, but the, the stat I was going to say at the very beginning, you might've seen it on Twitter, who is the last teenager, Uh, that has scored 290 points as a teenager
0: in his first 15 NBA games. Somebody did tweet this out. (laughs) I did see somebody tweet this out. Uh, The Mavericks are playing him. Kevin
1: Durant. And now Luka Doncic passed Kevin Durant with 292 points in his first 15 career games, marking him the only or the highest scoring teenager uh, in his first 15 games in NBA history.
0: Way to go. Ooh, cool stat. <laughs> oh, wow, shots fired. <laughs> Isaac just just taking the torch and just f- throwing it around everywhere. No, I obviously think it's a cool taking stat. Taking the gas re- can and just lighting the whole everything on fire and throwing <laughs>
1: it. I'm just mad about I'm just upset about my AirPods right now, okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fiery Isaac. Fiery Isaac with the the uh burning intensity of one crushed
1: AirPod. I obviously thought the stat was cool, or else I wouldn't have read it. I it, I actually do think it means something. It's cool.
0: It is cool. Well, I mean, it's it's another milestone. It's you know proof again that Luka is is great and awesome, and we should probably change our intro to the Slovenian national anthem. Ooh, I don't think I've ever heard that. I I posted it from the Lockdown Mavs Twitter the other day. <laughs> Ooh, I need to listen. People to really this. liked it. So, all right, let's take a break when we come back. I'm gonna give a whole bunch of stats from the Mavs four game winning streak. Figuring out figuring out what they're doing well, what are they doing well, and what can be sustained. Ooh. All right, so here's some stats. Oh, wait, do you want to go listen to the national anthem?
1: I was going to give a really quick in-depth report.
0: Oh, yes. All right, I'm I'm always into Isaac Harris' in-depth reports.
1: This, I don't think it's completely breaking news because... It it made its circulation through some sources, okay. on, sources on, so, on social media. But I have something to report right now. Red Panda dropped a bowl. She you dropped hate, a bowl at halftime. You hate
0: to see it, Isaac. You hate to see it. I,
1: I had to report that, and it, it broke my heart to report it. But <laughs> she...
0: <laughs> Pun intended?
1: She... Uh, she dropped a ball at halftime. and Quite
0: intended, it broke my heart.
1: But let's keep that between us. The legend must live on.
0: I think keep- not last year, but two years ago, she dropped like several bowls. <gasps> I think there there was like something about her unicycle wasn't, or she was using a different type of bowl. I remember somebody did an actual story on this. Oh, god! So, like she was <laughs> dropping them. She was using a different type of bowl, and then she went back to her normal bowls or something. And then... Uh, did I actually think,
1: obviously, don't watch the broadcast whenever I'm at the game, but uh, I actually did think uh, they maybe cut to it when they came back from break, and Jeff <laughs> and Skin, our, our guy Skin, had made a, a joke or something about it when she dropped the ball. So a lot of you already know that, but it was just on-site reporting right there. Just had to had to <laughs> throw it out out there. But let's let's hear some stats, Nick.
0: All right, let's go through some stats. So. We talked a lot about shots through the you know the, the Mavs two and seven stretch. We lamented some of the shot attempts um, through these last four games. Here's the shots per game. You ready for this? Oh, I'm Luka, beyond ready. Luca, fifteen. Harrison Barnes, eleven point eight. That's the second most shots on the team. So Luca is far and away. He's three. He's three point two more shots per game than anyone else on the team.
1: Oh, I'm liking this. How many games is this? The past four? This is just
0: the last four games.
1: Okay, okay. The winning streak. The winning streak.
0: J.J. Barea, 10.8 shots. Just Whenever J.J.'s out on the floor with his bench unit, he just throws up as many shots as he can take. It's working. Um, I still haven't said Dennis Smith Jr. 10 shots a game. 10 shots exactly. So five less shots than than Luka, and just under two less shots than Harrison Barnes. Dorian Finney-Smith. Seven shots per game. He is six. He is fifth on the list. Seven shots per game in this win streak. Uh, then Dwight Powell with six, and then West with six. He's only played in two games in the win streak, but he's only taking six shots per game in those two games in this win streak. He's all the way down this list. I mean, all the way down. Then Devin with five, DeAndre with 4.3, and then Maxi with 4.3 as well.
1: The DeAndre one's super intriguing to me. Just the fact that he's just not getting those offensive – put. I mean, he's only averaging four, four shots a game in the past four games.
0: Well, we talked about before how they are forcing a lot of stuff to DeAndre, and they're just not doing that. They stopped doing that. I, they really just stopped forcing anything to DeAndre. And anytime like DeAndre gets the ball in the post, he either has to try to post himself, which he tried last night, and it was very bad. He ended up getting fouled and bailed out. That was pretty late in the fourth quarter. He ended up getting fouled by Durant. and He went to the free throw line and made those free throws. But uh, if he wants, you know, a, a a chance to score, he's he has to, you know, roll really hard to the basket, or he has to post up himself.
1: Yeah, and which is kind I of the way it should be. I don't think the Mavericks. Uh, they think I think they believe that D- it is five years ago DeAndre, and that they can just throw it anywhere up near the rim, and he's just going to go get it and dunk yeah. it. Yeah, like the brand, like I Kill Brandon Knight, DeAndre, like that. It like he's just not that DeAndre anymore and when you look at I tweeted out some dunk stats the other day when I was watching I watched the Bucks and just watching Giannis is so much fun and uh, it's so crazy that, Did you see that, the
0: Giannis stat about how many dunks he's averaging?
1: Yeah. No, it's insane.
0: So I think like Dwight Howard has the record with most dunks in a season and it's like 200 something. Oh, he's going to beat that for sure. He's already at like 62. Giannis is going to get like 300 something dunks. He's just going to (laughs) like destroy this record. He's just dunking like literally everything. Like any kind of layup, he's just dunking it. It's
1: crazy the percentage in which his shots are uh, are dunks. It really is insane. But yeah, he leads the league in dunks, and you know he's obviously like a, a a wing if you want to call him a wing. Everyone underneath him for like the rest of like basically the top ten are all bigs like Capella and JaVale McGee and Willie Cauley Stein and and all these guys. Well, DeAndre Six and Miss Dunks or in dunks. Somebody tweeted at me and said when I tweeted this out and they said who's the league leader in Miss Dunks. Do you know who that is?
0: In missed
1: dunks, missed dunks. Remember
0: the other day we we looked at DeAndre and he had nine missed dunks. So I don't think yes,
1: DeAndre DeAndre Jordan leads the league in missed dunks at nine. This was before the Warriors game, before the Saturday night slate of games. So, but here's the thing: I'm gonna take a him. I don't think it's all his fault though, because yeah. there there's a lot of these lobs where like, okay, I, I love Dennis and like his playmaking was great the other night, but sometimes he thinks he's Jason Berea, in which he can just like. He just Dennis just sometimes just goes in. and He just, just launches it up like he just like scoops it up and it just tries to throw it somewhere in the vicinity of of, uh, of DeAndre Jordan and a lot. Some of these times DeAndre tries to throw those down and that counts as a missed dunk. So, you know, I, I don't think it's all on DeAndre on that, but some of them are for sure. But yeah, it's some of them are kind of funny.
0: Yeah, so the forcing less to DeAndre I think is something that has changed this offense. They're less reliant on that, and they're more um, they're trying to create offense in, in more efficient ways, like better ways. If DeAndre's there, and if he's there for a dunk, then they'll, yeah, they'll throw it to him. He's still getting you know four shot attempts a game, but and those are all definitely near the rim. But
1: well, do you remember what we put uh, over under on double doubles in a season for DeAndre? Because oh, he said his Saturday night. Saturday night was his ninth, so this is nine out of fifteen
0: games. Didn't he? Uh, he set the record for the most double doubles to start a season for a Maverick, right? I think so. I forgot what it was though, I I five or six. Anyway, um, more stats for the for the Mavericks during this four game stretch. Luca and Dennis's shooting numbers. You ready to hear these? Oh, I'm ready. Luca is shooting forty three percent from the field and thirty percent from three. Yikes. <laughs> during the winning streak, during the four-game winning streak, and he's shooting a seventy-six and a half percent from the line. Dennis, well, that Bulls
1: game was brutal for him.
0: Dennis is shooting forty-two and a half percent from the field, thirty-five percent from three, and twenty-eight point six, like we already mentioned, from the line. So neither of your rookies are really shooting that well. Dennis is shooting, you know, a decent amount from three, but he's only taking like you know two or three a game. Yeah. Um, neither, neither of the you know the guys that are taking the most shots, <laughs> like the, the first and fourth most shots are shooting that per, that particularly well.
1: That's very intriguing. That, yeah, those shooting numbers. The fact that Luke is shooting 30% of the last four games, That it feels like he's shooting better than that, but that Chicago game, he didn't shoot the ball very well at all. And the well, Utah yeah. game was just like weird. <clears throat> just and minutes and everything. It's
0: four games. So the difference between like, 30 and 40% is like three shots. <laughs> you know, if he like yeah. makes three and, you know, three more than he misses, then he's back to 40. And it's like, oh, he's amazing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. Turnovers 16.5 turnovers. That's down a couple from th- their normal. Uh, I think they were at like 18 or something like that. But Luka is down to 3.3. So he's down one whole turnover. Um, before this win streak, he was at like 4.2 or something like that. Dennis Smith Jr. is down to 2.8, which is kind of on par with the number that he was averaging last year. DeAndre's still at 2.3, so that's like exactly the same as he was before this win streak. Uh, JG's at 2. West Matthews is at 1.5. Devin's at 1.3. Dorian Finney-Smith and Harris-Marns each are averaging one turnover. So the turnovers we looked at as a really big, huge thing, and they've really cut down on those. Um, they've, they've at least tried to cut down on those. Let's, let's at least put it that way.
1: You said they're averaging 16 over the last four? 16.5, yeah, which is still okay. – yeah, that's right. I mean, they're averaging six. I mean, they're averaging seventeen for the season. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not. It's not over twenty like some of these games are. Yeah. Really.
0: Um. Oh man, their offense. Their offensive rating before the streak was one hundred and seven point three. In the streak, one hundred and eleven point three. So they upped their offense a little bit. They've become more efficient as an offense. Their defense. Before this streak, the Mavericks' defensive rating was 111.8, which is terrible. That's awful. Their their net rating was negative 4.5, so really bad. So a pretty good offensive rating, an awful defensive rating, and then obviously a terrible net rating. During this streak, 111.3 is the offensive rating. That's very good, really, really good. Still not one of the best in the league, but really, really good. Their defensive rating, ninety-two point five. Of course, the Jazz game really skews this number, but still, ninety-two is like so far and away better than anybody else over their last four games. Uh, and to go from one hundred and eleven point eight to ninety-two point five—wow, that's a huge, huge jump. Um, and now they're during this four-game win streak, their net rating is eighteen point eight just a massive massive jump so the improvement has really been on the defensive end
1: oh for sure and how they how that defense impacts the opponent's shooting and Bobby Crowley had a good uh, a crazy stat the other day and he tweeted out and he said over the last this was before the Warriors game but he said uh, over the last like uh, over the last six games opponent's three-point percentage has been like 25 percent or 26 percent which is super super low. And yet, the Mavericks were still 26th in the league in opponent three point percentage. That just shows you that the first like eight to ten games pretty much was just crazy. And when we were talking about on the pod or on Twitter and stuff, was saying, hey, this outside shooting that opposing teams are shooting, they're not going to shoot at this clip the entire season. It's going to even out at some point. And the fact that Over the course of the last six games, opponents can shoot 26% from three, and you're still 26th in the league in three-point percentage. That shows you how crazy teams were shooting on you earlier in the season. And that's a little bit of luck, but it has a lot to do with their defense too, of the past four
0: or five games. I was intrigued by that as well. Um, Before the streak, the Mavericks opponents were shooting 49.2% from the field. So almost, almost 50%. They were shooting 42.3% from three and then 78% from the line. During this four-game streak, Mavericks opponents are shooting 38.8% from the field and 23.7% from three. Wow. So (laughs) before the streak, opponents were shooting 42% from three and during the streak, shooting 23% from three. That's, That's a massive jump. That's like, what is that, 19 percentage points? That's insane. That's so big. Like The, they're, the, the, the odds just kind of completely swung back into the Mavs' favor. Uh, on open shots, I was very interested to see what kind of open shots. Uh, because you're like, are they just missing open shots? Is that just kind of what's going on? Uh, <laughs> OKC shot 31% on open shots. They were 6 of 19. And this is wide open. This is like a no defender within like 6 feet. The Bulls shot 29.2% on open shots. They're 7 of 24. The Jazz shot 16% on open shots. That's 4 of 25.
1: Good lord. So,
0: yes. So in those three games, teams the, the teams were shooting a terrible percentage on open shots. So it wasn't necessarily about the Mavericks' defense. It was about the teams just kind of missing those shots at the right time. And then uh, the Warriors the other night, 57% on open shots. They're 12 of 21. So, the Warriors were hitting their open shots. So, we, it's, we can't just throw it, you know, say, oh, well, they, you know, weren't hitting their shots and it's just all kind of luck. The Mavericks actually did put in a good defensive effort.
1: No, they, yeah. I mean, we talked about Harrison Barnes and how well we thought he played against Kevin Durant. And, and I mean, in Finney Smith, too. And I, in this four game winning streak, you know, Wes has set out two of them. You know, Dorian stepped in naturally. Is the argument getting stronger by the game that Dorian should be starting?
0: Clay Thompson on Dorian Finney-Smith: six of seventeen from the field and one of seven from three.
1: Wow. I mean, Dodo just keeps on uh, blowing our minds with this. So it's going to be super intriguing how that plays out, and and really kind of how it. Um, I guess we got a few minutes left here, but looking how this, you know, these next couple games play out. And you know they got Memphis on Monday night. And it's funny we joked about divisions the other day, and Carlisle talked about it after um, the Warriors game the other night, and he said, "Hey, you know this is a great win." Blah blah blah. But the West is just—it's just crazy. He said, and we—he said we're facing the divisional leader on Monday night, and I'm like. Carlisle might be the only person
0: that still cares about divisions right now. (laughs) I thought that was so (laughs) funny when he said that. I was like, oh, man. Didn't we just talk about how divisions are useless? (laughs) Yes. Um, But,
1: yeah, I mean, Memphis is 9-5 right now. They're one of the uh, surprises of the league, uh, mainly because, like, they don't really have anybody at the power forward spot. I'm pretty sure they're playing Wayne Wayne Selden some at the four. But, like – Jaron Jackson is starting at the four, and really outside of that, it gets uh, really slim for them. I know Max having a good season, but I'm really intrigued. Mark Gasol and Conley, they're they're obviously like they played tonight against Minnesota, so they'll be coming uh, on a back to back. Back to back, yeah. And you know Dallas obviously resting, you know flying to Memphis and stuff on Sunday, and Gasol, you know they beat Minnesota by 13. Uh, on Sunday, and Gasol had 26 points, 13 rebounds. So, like him and Conley, still getting it done. I'm really intrigued just about those matchups uh, of how you know DeAndre's going to take on Mark Gasol, Conley against you know Wes if he's back. Wes if he's back, yeah. And you know who's going to take Luca? Are they going to put I guess Kyle Anderson on him? Uh, man, I wish it was Chandler <laughs> Carson just playing.
0: Slow mo versus slower mo?
1: Please give me something else to make fun of Kyle Anderson for. Um, oh my gosh, your nemesis! My my nemesis. Uh, so man, since, since
0: that game is since that game is tonight, tell the story. Tell everybody the story about about why Kyle Anderson slow mo is your nemesis.
1: So back last year when the Mavericks played uh, the Spurs, there was a play. I think it was Salah Mesri, but Kyle Anderson got the rebound, and I think Salah reached in and he just barely clipped Kyle Anderson and. And slow-mo, like, jumped back, pulled a Marcus Smart, acting like he, he got shot or something, and just, like, Threw flailed back, back an obvious flop. I, I made a gif of it, or gif, however you want to say it, and I tweeted the video out of, of the flop, and I said, Kyle Anderson nominated for flop of the year. Well, Kyle Anderson seized the tweet, Quote tweets it with this like very long tweet of saying, This is not a flop. This is, I was taught at a young age how to sell it. There's a difference between selling a call and flopping and like all this different stuff. I'm pretty sure it was on the starters. Uh, yep. they like kind of make fun of it a little bit. Um, but no, yeah, so he ended up deleting the tweet, but it's been uh, yeah, so we, I joke that he's he's my nemesis. But. Oh, he
0: deleted it,
1: yeah, yeah, he ended up deleting. Wow, it. he couldn't take it couldn't take the smoke he couldn't take it so i'm intrigued what dallas does with jaron jackson jr on monday night he is just they've been is star- he- they've
0: started him at four and so we could see a luca versus jaron jackson jr matchup okay here's the thing if if west doesn't
1: play is this your chance to start maxing
0: if they start jaron yeah probably
1: yeah and say like that would like and you bring Dodo off the bench. Would Dorian be
0: that bad on Jaron Jackson Jr.? He's not like posting up.
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's good. Like I haven't watched Memphis this year very much. Yeah, so, I haven't like, them either. So like, I don't know how they're using. And Jaron is—is that some? Is would you use Harrison on him at the beginning? we
0: will probably start on him. Yeah, you know, more than likely.
1: You know how how is all that going to play out? But really, this is the game. Okay, this is another game in which Dallas's bench unit should feast. Okay. Because Memphis's bench, you're looking at JaMichael J- Green, you're looking yep. at Mac Seldon, Marshawn Brooks, and Caspi. And is Dylan Brooks out? Uh, he did not play on Sunday. Neither did Chandler Parsons.
0: Oh, Chanpo. <laughs> How would Mavericks fans feel? Dylan if- Dylan Brooks out. Expected to miss six to eight weeks. Uh, that was updated on November twelfth. So yeah, he's he's out for he's sure. Out. <laughs> he's out for a long time.
1: If if Luca crossed over Chandler Parsons and oh, like broke him, how
0: how how oh, would Mavs fans rejoice? That'd be the greatest. Chandler <laughs> Parsons out, reevaluated in two weeks. So no, he's out too. Oh, boo, boo, soft, ducking Luca, (laughs) duck, duck, (laughs) duck,
1: ducking Luca. Here's the thing. If they can, uh, if they can squeeze out this victory, uh, you'll probably get a whole thing with, uh, with Rick and how he felt about Jaron Jackson. it will be kind of funny if, if Rick says about all these top prospects, Oh, we, we would have taken him at five. (laughs)
0: If, <laughs> Every you know, single one that ta- comes through, yeah, we would have taken Jaren at five. <laughs> we
1: would have taken Jaren Jackson at five. If <laughs> uh, he uh he will get asked about that, you know, so something will come out oh, yeah. of that probably. uh And Jaren's having a, a, a great season, so uh, yeah, if they can get past this <laughs> Memphis game, which isn't, uh you know, nothing to look past. They're doing really good. I think they're fifth in the West right now. Yeah, they're like nine and five. That would be five games in a row. Then you're coming at home on Wednesday night to play the Karis LeVert-less uh, Brooklyn
0: Nets. <laughs> a, in one of my uh, videos, I said Porzingis-less Knicks, and somebody commented and was like, this guy doesn't know anything. Porzingis has been out forever. How does he, how does he oh, say porzingis is Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to put some nuance in words. So
1: anyway, uh, there is a there is a pathway to where if they beat Memphis, you hope that they could uh, beat uh, Brooklyn without LeVert. Then you're looking at a six game winning streak. Uh, then you go through Thanksgiving with that Saturday night game uh, being at home in Dallas versus the Boston Celtics. And man, that would be uh, that would be crazy riding a six game winning Rockets, streak. Lakers,
0: all teams that are vulnerable, like very vulnerable right now. The, the Lakers just gave up 130 points to the Magic. Yeah, did DJ they win Augustine? that game? Tor- T- J- DJ Augustine torched the Lakers like they were the Mavericks. Did they win that game? No, they did not. <laughs> giving up 130 points to the Magic. Woo! Woo! Oh. Just had to laugh about that one. Man, so all all four of these teams, the Nets are definitely vulnerable. The Nets is definitely winnable. Grizzlies on the second night of a back-to-back, and then those three teams that we expected to be very good that are...
1: Nick, not... do you want to take the... Ma- uh the Mavs listeners down a a very uh, a uh, kind of depressing road of saying what if you sent out a series of tweets and we text about it what if the Mavericks closed out some of their games earlier in the season what would we be looking at like right now
0: the Mavericks are four and four now in clutch games two of their wins are against the Bulls two of their the other two wins are against the Warriors and Timberwolves their four losses are against the Lakers and Spurs. And the Spurs game was that overtime game, and that Lakers game came down to that final LeBron shot.
1: Yeah, the West Matthews foul. That's why I said it's and, haunting because and West the West Matthews
0: him. foul. Yeah, so there's those those are definitely winnable games. Those two, you know, two losses. The other two losses, clutch losses, are against the Phoenix Suns and the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> You now both have at least thirteen losses, maybe more by the time you're reading by the time you're reading or listening to this.
1: Both teams uh only have three wins, I think, and Oh no, they have one twelve
0: of... losses. Anyway.
1: One of those uh wins for both teams is the Mavericks.
0: Yeah. Oh no, the Hawks have thirteen losses, they have three wins. Phoenix okay. has three wins and twelve losses. But still, they're both awful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And they so won you... games
0: against the Mavericks.
1: So you can look at that and be like, man, like if Dallas could have won uh closed out a few of those at the beginning of the season.
0: So if Dallas would have won, so like Isaac mentioned, if Dallas had won those two games, they'd be 9 and 6 right now and they'd be sitting right now as I'm reading this, they'd be sitting in the 7th seed. That's crazy. That's the that's, that's the difference crazy. right now between the bottom of the where the playoffs end and the towards the bottom of the the Western Conference. The, the Mavericks are Three and a half games out of first place right now in in the West. (laughs) Three and a half? Yeah. Wow. Portland's eleven and five, the Mavericks are seven and eight. Um, It's not a big difference. It's it's, it's, it's doable.
1: Since since we're talking about what ifs, and this will be the last thing I promise we'll talk about. Um, since we're since we're playing uh, the what if card right now. If you're Sacramento, Mm. what what if you drafted Luka? Because you know who's starting a small forward for them right now? <laughs> Amon Shumpert. <laughs> He's
0: and, been actually pretty good for them.
1: Okay, but not Luka Doncic. No. And I'm pretty sure that you whatever De'Aaron Fox is doing, I know I'd take the ball out of his hands, obviously some, but, yeah, imagine this Kings team that's kind of fun right now. They're 500, yeah. they're 8-8, eight and eight. they Playing kind of fast. dropped just a, a little bit, but imagine this this Kings team with uh, don't want to imagine because we have Luke on our team, but you know, Kings fans are thinking about it because all we see right now or all I've seen is how Bagley uh, just isn't a part a main, like core part of their offense right now. And imagine if Luca was in that Shumpert role to where he would have Buddy Hield and Belitza on the wings beside him, De'Aaron Fox running with him and Collie Stenton. Like, be awesome. Anyway, I, <laughs> if, Kings fans, like, if Kings Glad fans, if Kings fans, yeah, so funny that uh, man. Yeah, there is a uh, man. <laughs> I saw the host of Locked On Hawks tweet out today saying, "I've covered the Hawks for a long time, and I think this past weekend has been the most like depressing for me to co- uh, to cover the Hawks because of the fans." And somebody <laughs> asked him why, and he said he he's like something. He said like Trey Young something and Luka Doncic. <laughs> And, and how like those three fan bases, Atlanta, Sacramento, and Phoenix, Phoenix, not as much cause Aiden's doing well, Yeah. but how, you know, Atlanta and Sacramento, them passing on Luca, um, that's going to haunt them for a long time. And right now I think it haunts Sacramento more than anything.
0: In the month of November, Trey young is shooting 36.6% from the field on 14 and a half shots and 14 and a half percent from three on five shots. <laughs> wow with 4.7 turnovers per game wow
1: that's insane
0: we'll leave you with that guys another great monday pod a great monday on a four-game winning streak at the grizzlies tonight hopefully it'll, it'll hopefully it'll at least be an exciting game it'll come down to you know the final couple of minutes and it won't just be a blowout but hope that's hey, that's what i'll I'm take hoping a for, if anything i'll take the win for sure but no a blowout, I saw and, a sh- a blowout in the other way
1: also, shout-out to Nick, too, for getting out. Uh, man, we had, like, a pod every day this past weekend. We did, yeah. I got some uh, extra
0: ones piled yeah, up, so staggering. Yeah,
1: some shout-out to Mavs Highlights for filling in, uh, for Josh filling in on Saturday. We put out one yesterday. Yeah, it was just, yeah, cool weekend for Locked Out Mavs. Our numbers are continuing just to, like, it's crazy. Y'all we had are our awesome, second
0: man. highest uh, amount of downloads ever. The other day after the Mavericks beat <laughs> After that
1: 50 point win. After the fifty the point
0: win. Yeah, yeah. After the after the Mavs destroyed the jazz, we had our second highest listen day ever. So that's that's because of you guys, and we appreciate it.
1: Thanks guys. Peace out.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to log on Mavs. And uh, don't forget about the AirPods! Boom! <laughs> boom.